the truth is taboo. Well, everybody, we want to welcome you to the first episode of our podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for paying attention. Thank you for coming. But anyway, uh, this is our first podcast. So um, I'm the Black Libertarian. This is AK. And um, Cannibal Corrector, is that how you say that? I don't, I don't know. The uh, These my name, just call me Brian. Brian. Uh, Brian is here with us as a guest. Um, we have a little bit unorthodox of a podcast. We do it live on an app called Cuddle. You can listen at any time you want, and you can engage with us whenever we're live doing our podcast. And you can also listen to us on the many different platforms you can listen to a podcast on. So how's everybody doing? Pretty good, man. Cool, cool. Cool. Everybody having a good week? It is Tuesday, right? Tuesday? I don't know. Yeah. So much happens. That can work, baby. It is. <laughs> All right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, let's get into it. Um, the first topic we want to talk about today is to wear a mask or not wear a mask. COVID-19. Everybody's talking about this. Everybody's upset about people not wearing masks. People are upset that people are wearing masks. And we want to get into a debate, which makes more sense. Wear a mask. I'm not wearing masks. So where do you fall? Me? Oh, I think it's absolutely stupid. I saw this one video on Twitter where this guy said, um, does, do your underwear stop your fart from smelling? And the lady said, no. And he said, well, what the hell is that mask gonna do? And I thought it was a good point, you know, when you think about it, because if someone passes gas, the smell and the matter still leaves the body because it's particles. It can get through the fabric. So from that aspect and from that viewpoint, the guy had a point about wearing a mask. What about you all? I tend to agree because especially if you look at what they've been saying at the CDC, they've been going back and forth. The political motivations behind it, the message behind the message removed and everything, but they are not sure how much the mask actually helps. So I feel like this is just an opportunity for the government to get us to conform to a certain degree to whatever, whatever like to see they can get away with, you know, cause like they know the mask isn't necessarily helping. What helps more is you being, what helps more is you being healthy, taking care of yourself, washing your hands, doing all those things like that, you know, like the things that everybody can do on a daily basis, but like, they always default back to the medical industry in some way or form or get you to buy this product to fix something so that you can visually see that you're conforming. But but you can't tell people to take better care of themselves and stop being nasty. So they try to get you to put on a mask. They try to give you like the, the laziest thing you can do to fucking take care of yourself. Because we, why is COVID even a problem? Why aren't people washing their hands? They got to tell, they had to teach everybody how to wash their hands again when this thing come out. So make sure you wash it for at least 30 seconds. You know what I mean? Like, and you lose lots of soap. But it's like, this is stuff I teach my kids. And we got to teach adults how to do this so they don't spread the virus. And we already know what that's like. You see people in bathrooms, they, they don't wash their hands. No, they yeah, they don't. It's dump, disgusting. Huge shit. And then they'll get up and walk out. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Like, Just this is why COVID is spreading. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is why COVID is spreading. So, it's nasty ass people out there. So I'm going to give like my two cents here. Just, Mm-hmm. The mask isn't going to help you. Exactly. If you need something to protect you from inhaling it, because it's going to go through your eyes too. It can go through your eyes. Wear a wear a full face respirator, aka gas mask. You can go pick one of those up from Amazon or whatever. That's that's the best bet. It's got NBC filters, which before, is nuclear biological chemical. Okay, so before we discredit anything Brian's saying, Brian, what do you do for a living? I am an ex-paramedic, and I work in construction now. Thank you for your opinion. We appreciate it. And thank you for saying that, because it's good to have healthcare professionals speak their perspective. Um, a little, no, little lesser-known fact is that the respirators were actually killing people, and a lot of people don't know that. A lot of the deaths Yeah, they used to have asbestos York. in them. Correct. Did you so, know that? They used to have asbestos. They have chromium in them. They have activated charcoal when... If that filter breaks down because it's expired, that can go into your lungs. Really? So always, always have filters up to date. Another thing we didn't know. So I think that brings us down to this topic. 
when we say that like to wear a mask or not wear a mask, if I don't think the mask is going to help unless you get a gas mask, as Brian has suggested. Unless you go all out nuclear warfare mask, walking around town, which is going to All you need is the mask. You don't need the suit. You don't need the suit. Sorry, not the hazmat suit, yeah. just the the hazmat mask. Um, that That is interesting. But speaking of COVID, one of the th- uh, another interesting thing that comes from COVID, which I see as a benefit, is people are rebuilding the family structure. And um, Brian, you might have an interest in this. I think that because when... Sorry. When things like this happen, when catastrophes happen and epidemics and pandemics, it we stick together. A, we stick together, and it shines a light on why we should have always stuck together, and why having a family unit—mother, father, mo- uh, mother, mother, father, father, whatever it is—two parent, two people households coming together to be stronger and to prepare for circumstances like this, and which a lot of people are getting back to because of what's happening. Um, what are your views on that? I think that this pandemic has really brought people together, but has also uh, tore some people apart. People are starting to go crazy because they're trapped in their homes. Or at least that's what they say. They think that they're trapped in their homes. You can go out to places, you just have to wear the mask. And I'm not going to say, no, I'm not wearing the mask because I don't want to get kicked out. I'm just going to wear it and put up with it. And if it's bringing people together, that shows it's a good sign because that shows we still have compassion for each other. Right. Well, I bring up this to, to kind of transition to another topic, and it's to a bigger point, that um, one of the biggest things that we run into an issue now is feminism. Feminism is everywhere. It's in our face. And the biggest point of feminism was women independence, women being able to take over an entire household, live on their own, and have whatever they want, and have the same things that men want. In the same aspect, yeah, in the same regard. I I can but, I can tell you firsthand. I was right. my mom was a single parent because my uh, after her and my dad broke up, they were never married. My dad lived in a different country; he lived in Australia. So my mom, as a single parent, uh, raised me for like a few years, and then my grandparents took over, and she worked her ass off, and she still does, and I'm proud of her for that. And I respect and, your viewpoint on that situation. But the the one problem I have with the whole feminism thing is some some are taking this way overboard and saying this pandemic isn't killing men fast enough. Men are fucking useless. All men are fucking pigs. Shit like that. Well, I want to get and away. It's from not the right. Extremists. That's an extremist. Yeah. Argument. I want to get away from the extremists. We're, we're not even going to give them attention on it. Um, yeah. What I want to get back to the point of is that, um, and from the feminist point of view. Women shouldn't or have to be or expected to be in a household as a woman taking care of a household, and that's the only thing they should do. But as yeah, they, they, they need to, they, sh- they should be able to do the same things men do, for sure. I've met many female paramedics in my time who are strong as hell and won't take no shit. And a lot of the male medics look at them as if they're useless, but they're not. They're not. They, right. they, some of them do more work than the men do. And, and I, I respect your viewpoint on that. But the point I'm trying to get to is that we overall want to see that women are not um, holding up their end as a household. Since the feminist m- movement has started, we have less household, less family structure, people getting away from homes, children going to college less, more problems at the home. And I think that's a bigger representation of how feminism has hurt us more so than help us. I don't know what was wrong what? with women being in the home in the first place. I would say I don't think it was an issue with women being being in the home. It was an issue with them not being allowed to go into the workforce. At one point in time, they were not to the same degree that men were, but they are equal in that aspect now. So any any additional rights they're arguing for, I feel it's just problematic here. And one interesting thing that you can look at, man, like ever since this pandemic has started, like. I've been speaking to an attorney, and maybe this is just an Atlanta issue, but the attorney I spoke with in Atlanta, she said since this pandemic has started, the number of restraining orders between husbands and wives and divorce, the number of divorces filed and everything has skyrocketed to the point where it's crippling the courts, which are already operating in a limited capacity. So why is that? 
why is like there's there's something that's broken in the home fundamentally fundamentally and it ha- I feel it has to do something with feminism to a certain degree as well as other things. Like maybe okay, I will concede that maybe that because we spent so much time working apart that you really don't know who you who your spouse is because you essentially spend your entire waking life away from them when they're when you're both working. But at the same time though, why did that come about? If it because of feminism, now you have to have two people working in the house if you're trying to raise kids. You can't have somebody staying at home in most cases because everybody can't be a breadwinner to that degree. So it's adding different pressure from all different kinds of ways. And that's just not how I felt society was meant to be. So like these ideas that these feminists are pushing now are just so arcane because it's no longer about their rights. They're just trying to take away from men. And they have, but at the same time, they're asking us to give it to them. It's not right. like we control everything. It's like you're out there; we you don't. can do everything on your own. We don't. Why do we have to give it to you? Well, that's true. You have equal opportunity. You can go to college, get a good job, and do the best you can in life, and have a retirement, and make a lot of money. It well, just depends on the effort you put in. No matter if you're a man or a woman, you put the effort in, you'll get it. Oh, outside of that. You know, when the feminists did move into the business environment, everything had to change. The way we worked had to change. The way we dealt with them, how we interacted with them, the way the workplace was. We had to change different things inside of the work environment. That's not equality. And I hear a lot of women say they want equality. They want the same things men have, but they don't. Because every time... They come into an environment or a situation, they have to come in and change things to better suit them, to make them feel better. And it has destroyed the way we've done business. Maybe destroys the wrong word. It has permanently altered the way we do business, the way we interact with each other, and the way we get things done. And I think when it comes to the home environment, when you have two people working, that's two people who are strictly focused on someone else's passion. So when you're working for somebody, even if you're working for yourself, you're working for someone else's passion. No one's focused on the home. Whether it be the man or the woman, I don't really care because I guess that's PC at this point. Um, no one seems to be focused on the home. And I think the reason we're having all of these arguments and all of these fights is because you have two people who are focused on external issues and external problems and external Conflicting views. Right, and conflicting views. And now they're at home with each other, right? And they, they're both independent, as people like to say. They were both independent of each other. And now they have to be dependent on each other because they have to depend on each other to interact in the same household. And it's not working. Independence Here, never works. Uh, as somebody who who did live with my with my girlfriend for a few years, we we both we both had each other for support. We had each other's back. If our views conflicted, what we would do is we would debate and try to share our points. When we would make good points and we would agree, we would try to agree on a lot of stuff. And we agreed that we were both, we were both medics. She was a nurse. I was a medic. So she dealt with a lot of the same stuff I did. So we would come home and we would try to forget about work and just focus on what's going on at home and focus on providing for the family that we thought we were going to have and focus on helping each other out which I don't think is going on in a lot of households today. They're not focusing on helping each other out and focusing on the family. They're focusing on their work and stressing about it. And it's not good. And I agree. And then that's something that definitely happens when you have two, especially if they're parents, but just two people in a relationship in general, in a workforce, when you are engaging in that kind of relationship, what happens is that people get together on superficial means. Yeah, and you know what I'm saying? So, like, for example, like, women look for guys that are funny, that are tall, that that have earned a good amount of money and all the other long, long list of things that they always say. And men look for certain other things. But if you're trying to get in a relationship with somebody, which this whole COVID situation has showed us, that if you're going to be living together and interacting on a daily basis in any kind of expanding way, you got to share the same values instead of having all these small, superficial things. And that's one thing that people just are not doing nowadays. They're, because... That's why marriage is falling apart because you, well, makes a number of different things. But like with feminism, the values are inherently disconnected from what men want in relationships. And that just deads the entire relationship. I and mean, there's no way it can go long-term from there. 
And that's why I feel yeah. like you're seeing all these look at look at a lot of older people in because, like, they don't share the same value. Look at like look at like your look at like uh sixty sixty five and older people that are married. They've been married for like fifty forty to fifty years, and they've they've kept and kept it going strong, and they still are. Like my grandparents, for example, they're keeping it strong. It's because they lean on each other, and they have each other's back. Today we don't got that, and with the whole feminist movement, it's it's disconnecting that even more. And it's making then it's usually driving the men out of the relationship. Then why do you think they would want to be independent? Then if if all the best examples that we have, because if you can speak to anybody and everybody will say our grandparents had like this great marriage, like they had problems, but they worked it out. So by the time we came around, like it's always good. And if we have all these good examples and we have a template that we can follow, why do you feel like these families want to be independent from men? When it's because they think that it doesn't make sense. It's because they think that men are holding them down in some way. They think that men are holding them down and, and creating a gap between the two genders. I don't believe any of that. Well, well, let me. I believe it's point. just something to distract them from something that they can't put the effort into. That's let what me, I really think me, it is. Let me speak my point to independence. There is no aspect of your life or anybody's life where independence creates a better success or better results than working with somebody else. We're stronger together of the sayings we hear. You work better as a team. There's no I in team. You hear this all the time as we were growing up in every aspect of business. Why? When independence isn't shown anywhere to be successful, anywhere to work to accomplish a goal, the women want something that doesn't work and is not the best suited goal for people to accomplish something. It doesn't work anywhere. It's not efficient. It's not expedient. Why are women pushing independence when it's a proven failure toward a common goal? That that's a that's that's how I see independence. So interesting thing. Go ahead, boss. Go ahead. So I work. Women don't want this. Example a lot. Oh, sorry. Cut you off again. I don't worry about it. I'm going to say this really quick. Well, I feel like women don't even want this. Like these are, I feel like it's just a political standpoint just to argue to corral votes to whatever party is pushing it at the time because women don't genuinely want this. You can look at this in the attorney field. There's women out there that are partners, real high power lawyers and everything, but they don't ever stay past about the age of 35 because they realize it's empty having all those things that they feel like the feminists have pushed them to go out there and chase. They don't want this. Like you can look at societies like the Norwegian societies and everything where they have made very, everything very socialistic, where they try to actively recruit women into all the STEM fields and everything. And they level the playing field to the point where they're trying to force econ- the equality of outcome, not just opportunity. And what's resulted there is even a more drastic result. The women only want to work in the teaching roles then. They only want to work in the roles where they can help people. They, they don't want to work on things. That's just something that men want to do. Women don't want this. So, like, why is this such a strong argument? And I feel like I only really have this conversation with women around the age of 25 max. Like, they're very ideological and without any life experience to anything. Like, they just throw it out there. Yeah. Like, they're only, they're taking these jobs where they can help people. And yet they're complaining that there's a, that there's a wage gap. Well, of course, there's going to be a wage gap. Teachers get some of the worst pay in the country right now. And they're doing it with a lot of stress, dealing with kids. And yet they complain about a wage gap. If you want to stop that wage gap, get a better, get a higher paying job that you can possibly socialize in. Like my job, I was making 40, I was making $40 an hour working as a paramedic and I was able to help my community. And I had women that were helping their community. From your position, if you know, I don't know that you know, but women who work alongside you, were they paid the same? Yes. Some were even paid better because they were they were higher ranks. So in from your perspective, in the environment that you worked in only, singular environment, I'm not applying this to everything, there was no wage gap that you were aware of. No. It all depended on it it what it really depends on is if you can keep this person alive and if you can do the best you can to make sure they stay alive. And it depends on if you can work good with a team because you're usually working with six to seven people in that, in that ambulance 
an on a scene. You're working with police, you're working with fire, you're working with EMS, you're working with the patient's family. So that patient's care revolves around everybody. So there is no wage gap. Hey, uh, we're going to take a brief moment. AK. Um, yeah, I was, I was about this. to type it. I'll say it. Yeah. No, you can keep it recording. Just keep it recording because like, we need to have like the disclosures and everything. But we can, you can cut it later. Um, you're welcome to call it. Yeah, 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 you're welcome to call in. But I did want to say this. Make sure you try to minimize your background noise and everything because we are recording the podcast. So we're going to repost this on the internet later. Are you okay with that? Yeah, that's completely fine. Um, yeah, so we have being a younger woman that no, hold, uh, hold on, pause, pause, pause. Yet. Pause, pause, pause. Like before what? we go on too far, what would you like for us to call you on here? Like when we refer oh, my to my actual name, like, Evan. Evan, okay. Yeah, right. that's my name. Um, but I actually do agree with their standpoint. Women are more motherly, so they are attracted to more nurturing jobs. Well, thank you for joining us, Heaven. Um, we appreciate you giving your perspective. Um, one of the things that led us to this conversation is, do you think feminism has helped or hurt us as a culture? Sorry, what? Do you think feminism has helped or hurt us as a culture? Well, there does need to be uh, rights for women because um, one major thing is uh, people usually don't look at it. The reason why women um, don't get as much paying jobs because of the jobs they do have and that they are attracted to. And also women are not allowed to work as long as men. That's also another okay, thing. I've got something to say with this. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna work off what she said. Uh, the women that I worked with when I was in EMS, we worked the same amount of shifts, which was 24 hours, and we got three days off, and we worked another 24 hours sometimes back to back. We worked that same amount of time, same amount of calls, same amount of time on scene, and we were paid the same. I'm just going based off of what my knowledge is. Okay. And so, and I think that's where the disconnect is. We have all of these papers and all of this media and rhetoric around women not receiving the same as men. But when you get down into the, the root of it all, you don't see it, right? It, from Brian's daily perspective, he doesn't get to see that. So when someone comes out and spits rhetoric and says, women don't get this, women don't get that. He doesn't know where anybody's coming from because it sounds preposterous. So It does. Right. And so um, that's where I, it kind of brings me with has feminine, feminism hurt us and helped us because most people in their daily lives, they don't analyze most of this stuff. Just like you said, Heaven, you, this is from what you've read, you've analyzed, you've seen, this is what you, you gathered from your knowledge and you run with it. But in actual practice and application of those theories, a lot of times they don't show up in the same light. And I think that's the biggest problem is that we have a we have a bunch of people running around here who take the news yeah, at face and, value. And, and if and I'm wrong, I'm I'm well to admit that I'm wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just pointing out something. I mean, I'm not here to yeah. To, to demean the news doesn't that. always tell the entire truth. Yeah, like. Like I said, if I'm wrong or if I'm not, it really doesn't matter in this point. But if I am, I'm willing to say I am. And I think more people should be willing to say that and learn from their mistakes. Okay. Well, we're going to kind of switch up topics here because I think we've been on this long enough. Um, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, we're not going to go into politics. Let's, let's have some fun. I want to ask, in, in, uh, Heaven, what's your uh, race? Um, I am mostly Caucasian, but okay. Ooh, uh, I, I am, but my great grandma is full-blooded Native American. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I, well, I just wanted some different perspectives other than AK and ours, because um, we're both African American. Um, 
the question is, have black people lost control of rap music? And I'll let that flow from there. You go first, AK. But um, <laughs> I feel, I feel that honestly, man, we never really had control of hip hop after it went mainstream. We we have not lost control as into what we actually like to hear because no, despite what they put out in the mainstream, so many artists pop up from the underground all the time that keep changing the dynamic, and that's what hip hop is. It keeps living and growing and evolving in different ways. But as far as what's on mainstream, we never really had control of that, and that goes all the way back to the hip hop and the blues, and like from hip hop back to the blues and rock and roll and everything going back further. Like those are all yes. black freaking genres and where they start. But we never had control of the mainstream. But ultimately, yeah, we. We do have control of what hip hop is, but what's interesting is that it has evolved to the point where other people now enjoy it, and they don't enjoy the same versions that we feel are authentic hip hop. But it is what it is. That's the nature of hip hop. It leaves it brings it changes. Like, uh, for example, I enjoy a lot of the older hip hop, like Easy E, the N.W.A., uh, Sea Walk by Corrupt. I enjoy a lot of that old stuff. But, like, but I don't why, really care for much. Why do you enjoy that? Yeah, why, why do you, you enjoy, enjoy that? Cuz it just that brings it just kind of brings back like a nostalgic feeling. Cuz uh I had family that grew up in a lot of those areas and I was introduced to it at a young age so it kind of brings back some memories from my childhood. I want to challenge like, you a little bit on that thing. because like because everybody always lists like the same types of artists and I'm not saying you're wrong to, to like what you like. Let me say that up front. But I find it interesting that everybody always brings up the same types of artists who weren't the best poster person that you put on a poster board for hip hop. Like, yeah, corrupt easy and all that. They did allow us to say bad words and shit on the radio. And like, and that's cool. And talk about gangster stuff. And that's cool and everything, you know, but it was also artists out there like Nas. You see what I'm saying? Like they were actually unique in their, their um, rhyme schemes and everything, how they produce songs. Like he made a song called rewind when he told the whole story backwards. It's fucking amazing. Like there's all kinds of artists out there, but people, list the artists that I would equate to like the 50 cents of now where they only talk about yeah. a few certain things you know and but then, how like, that's nostalgic for me like, video wise too like it went from low riders in the, in the ghetto to all this fancy all this fancy stuff and they're talking about how much money they make now instead of like the it's instead of like the hardships that they used to talk about so it's it's evolved in that way which I think is pretty cool. Well, let me let, let me let me challenge you again. Let me challenge you again. So when they were talking about life in the ghetto back in the day, especially like the artists like the Easy and Ice Cubes and all them who questioned we weren't in the ghetto, all of them. But why do you think they were talking about that back then? Trying to shed. I because, think they were trying to shed some light on what that stuff is all about, and I don't think a lot of people knew about it at the time. So I think what they were trying to do is shed light on what life was like in those areas. Hmm. You know, that's an interesting perspective because I always wonder how a teenage 15 I worked in those areas in EMS, so I've well, seen well, no, not, some stuff. Not, yeah. not, not so much that you haven't seen anything. It's just that like, I always wonder how a 15-year-old black girl in middle-class America can relate to somebody shooting and killing and like, what does she find entertaining or interesting? Or even about a, a white boy who's middle class, who's never seen a gun before, um, who's 19. Like, what? how can you relate to any of this, to even listen to it, to even like it? And it has always been perplexing to me. Not that I'm not happy that the um, genre has grown and the, um, the people who listen to it are, are much more diverse than they used to be, because that's that's amazing. But... I just don't understand how people can relate to some of those things. If that makes any sense. I think it's, they're just trying to, to be honest, I feel like they're trying to be supportive. More, I think it's more of a supportive type thing. Like they're trying to support those artists and try to listen to what they're saying. I think kind of like if you were talking to your friend or something like that. At least that's how I look at it. Remy, like, we're recording a podcast right now, and you're more than welcome to stay up here and everything, but please try to minimize your background noise and, like, if you're echoing and everything. Oh. Like, you're more than welcome to stay, and I would love to get your input on everything. I just wanted to let you know what we were doing. Oh, you recorded so it? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay, well, just, well, just let me know if, um, 
if my thing is echoing. So I'll just go back and come back in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hello, everybody. Um, I mean, you are echoing. Hello, what's up, BTS? <laughs> yeah, I think we should take a moment and reintroduce ourselves, if we shouldn't. Um, this is the uh, podcast. We don't really have a name for it yet, but that might be the name. <laughs> um, I am the Black Libertarian. This is AK. This is our podcast. And we have three guests now when we started with one, which is amazing. We have um, Brian, we have Heaven, and we have Remy, all from different backgrounds, all with different perspectives. And that's what we're all about here is different points, different perspectives. Because one thing can be true and another can be true, and you need all those things to come to the truth. Um, cool, cool, cool. So, Remy, did you want to uh, chime in on our conversation? Yeah. Before was... you do, briefly introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your background, where you're from, and everything, so people can understand where your opinions are coming from. Oh, I'm so nervous. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I'm from the Caribbean. Um, from Trinidad and Tobago. Um, what, what else? Um, what else to say, okay? <laughs> what, what field do you work in? What kind of work do you do? Oh, all like that. Okay. Well, I'm more in the office field. Um, I work in a research institution. Okay. Okay. Well, that's well, great. Mm-hmm. But right now, Remy. We were actually just debating if, mm-hmm. if um, mm-hmm. I believe how how did you phrase it, bro? How did did black people lose control of hip hop? Or yeah, have black, have, have black people lost control of rap? Really, you find so? Is it no? Mm-hmm. I won't. I won't say that. I find like well, a lot of black people. I think it's just evolved to a point, honestly, where just a lot of different mm-hmm. people from a lot of different backgrounds mm-hmm. are getting into that genre because it's so big right now. I think that a lot of people are trying to. Make it big. Make make a lot of money in that genre. I think that's really what it is. That's a good point. And what did you have something to add, Remy? And... Oh, go ahead, again, my bad. No, no, I was about to ask Remy. Well, like, what are your thoughts as well? Um. Well, I don't find so. I find, um, I find there's a lot of um new singers and. Ninety percent of them are black. Like I can't think about any new artist that's white right now, because ev- everybody is black. In my experience, with me growing up in a military family, and I moved around the world a lot. I've um, been to like yeah. Asia, Europe, and different parts of America, and everything, as well as just my general travels. I've learned yeah. that there's different kinds of music everywhere you go, and the thing about hip hop was. If I'm wrong, correct me. I thought it was about a dis- the disenfranchised class of, of wherever you're from mm-hmm. getting a voice and getting a chance to put it out there in a poetic form on top of an instrumental. So yeah. when I was in Germany, there were German rappers. When I was in England, there was English rappers. There was Korean rappers. In Russia. Like, like, there's Russian rappers. I feel... Exactly. Wow. And I feel it's, it's unique and genuine to what, what it is, but it's but I feel the only way that you feel like we have lost control is because other people have come into it. And then we start to get into like a bit of racism, racist ideology there. Like, are they not allowed to do what we do? You know, cause like they, they do tend to copy us, but like, is that okay? You know, and, but they always give us homage. But what's interesting is, is like Brian said earlier, they tend to refer back to the artists who I feel aren't the best examples that we should point at back in the nineties. But <laughs> 70s, <laughs> like, 80s, I feel 90s. it hasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 80s and 90s. The, the ones you listed were 80s and 90s. But I feel like just because other people are coming into hip-hop doesn't mean we're losing control of it. It's just growing into something more than it was. Like rock and roll in the blues. What about it, Jesse? Like people, but now it's, it's really diverse. What about the what? What about it, Death AK? Because it's like every week, every month, is some rapper, some some black person getting killed. She has a point. Well, well, yeah, it's yeah, happening a lot this year. Like, yeah, yeah, just just um, a couple, yeah, a couple days ago, somebody was shooting at little baby and whatever. <clears throat> so it's every week or something. That's very true. Yeah, very if they're not dying from overdose, you have to. 
from mm-hmm. you have you have to look at it like those artists are they're putting out certain types of music and with any right. kind of art even if right. even if they're faking it and they're not genuinely like a gangster or however they put themselves out there to a certain mm-hmm. degree when you put yourself out in that way there's a demographic of the community that connects with you like for example like even nipsey hustle he was doing a lot of great things in the community but he also did have some background with gangs and things and that ultimately yeah. caught up yeah. with him you know yeah. because even though he was wrong. doing good he was still talking a lot of trash and stuff on his records and you don't know mm-hmm. how that affects people out there so yeah it's it, it yeah. is bad but we have to look at the type of mm-hmm. artists that are dealing with that Kendrick Lamar yeah. isn't getting shot at J. Yes. Cole isn't getting well, yeah. shot at what I realized in, in yeah. what I realized well, is like once yeah once they're singing about like girls and once they're singing about like you know Money, different shit besides violence yeah, yeah. Once they're not singing about violence and gang shit, they um they don't really get themselves caught up in these things with being shot at and being robbed and blah blah blah. You know? Well, in that respect, I want to switch us on mm-hmm. to another topic. Given what yeah. you said, Remy, and given what you said, AK, yeah. knowing all of that about the black community, the black people have a right to say black lives matter. I completely agree I'm with not that. Not in the way. Not in the way that they're saying it. I, I don't agree with that shit at all. Like, not in the way that they're saying it. Because they're only worried about black lives that are lost to white cops. Because there's so many yeah. other people that... So many other different people that are dying out there. Like, okay, let's, let's keep it on black people for a second. We are more mm-hmm. likely to get killed by one of us than a cop. Yeah. We're more likely to die in different ways, like health reasons. Like, we, there's other things that are more important than the few cops that kill us. You see what I'm saying? And, yeah, and don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. We do need to fix that if we can, but I feel like we should be burning down a country over access to actual nutritious food in our neighborhoods because like that kills hundreds of thousands of us a year. But we want to look the other way because it's not as sexy. Exactly. It's it's yeah. not it's not good. Exactly. Like we need to focus on rebuilding these communities and helping these people out that need it. And if they need food or they need help with with childcare or anything like that, we should help them. We don't need to focus on, we don't need our main focus to be these few people killed by these cops every year. We need to focus on the people that are getting killed by, by these violent, violent criminal, by these violent people in these neighborhoods and focus on helping these people out and helping them get a better life. So, so let me, let me, let me, um, let me challenge you and I'm going to challenge everybody here from that perspective. Yeah. What it sounds like when you all say that is that the cop issue is not as important mm. as it is. And, and, and the reason I say that is because mm. I look at the government as a state. The state yeah. should not be killing or murdering in a judge dread fashion anybody in the yeah. street. And, and yeah. black, black on black crime and white on white crime are two topics that have nothing to do with the fact that the state is murdering taxpaying citizens mm. illegally, mm-hmm. right? Okay, I'm so, going to challenge you. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so, look at look at some police body cam footage, you, and you see, I've I've had to wear body cam. I've seen body cam footage. Um, you see some of these people. They get in a car chase. They end up wrecking. They run, or they fire mm-hmm. out of their vehicle, and they run, and they pull a gun. Do you? What do you expect the cop to do? Do you expect the cop to shoot them and neutralize the threat, or do you expect them to get shot at? Well, I want to be very clear about what I said. I said the police should not be murdering people in a judge dread fashion in the street. I didn't say the police shouldn't protect themselves. What I am saying mm-hmm. is that let's use George Floyd for an example. That was a mm-hmm. murder. Yes, that was a murder. And you know the black cops guard the officer? What does that have to do with it? I guess anymore? they have time too much pressure for more situation. But that, regardless if black cops were protecting the murderer, that's yeah. I, I I don't disagree with you there, and I agree that there were was a black cop there. What I'm saying is, yeah. the cops, as a representation of the state and the government, are murdering right. their citizens, and that's right. a problem. George yes, Floyd didn't point a gun at anybody. 
Yeah. He was a handcuff. But even so, but even so, bro, um, if he did or whatever the cases, I think they train police to deal with criminals. I really, really, really don't think that when you join the force and they carry you out to do your training or whatever, they literally train you to just be suffocating people and be trying to kill them. I really don't think I really it's, don't think so. I it's actually, really think it's actually the complete so how it reached to that like, like what, in my experience yeah. In my experience, like, you got to understand, like, because I actually, I have some friends who are police officers, and they described to me, like, yeah, they do go through training in, like, college and stuff to learn, like, basics of the law and criminal mm. justice and everything. And then they go to the mm. academy for a few months where they learn some of the technical skills yeah. that they need to be a cop. Mm-hmm. And they get, like, evaluations and everything before they get on. But usually once right. they make it out of the academy, they get minimal training after that. And it's just on-the-job training. You kind of have to figure out what works. And that's part mm. of the issue. They they need additional well, training. Wow, well, it, well, okay. I really didn't even know that because, as I tell you before, um, three quarters of my friends is police, and they always saying that you know they have to do this training and that training. So it's like every week they have training, and I'm not talking about no really no jokey training. Yeah, I ain't talking about no training where they have them. Um, going for a jog with some like certain weights on their back. Now nah, I talk about tear gas in their ass and a lot of harsh things, right? That they have to take in a room. So you're thinking military police? So, so in no, that's yeah, in the Caribbean, in Trinidad, correct? Right. Okay. Oh, our police down here. Yeah, our police down here. Yeah, is a different breed. Yes. The police down here is different. So as a result, so as a result yeah. of that additional training, do, do you see that mm-hmm. there's a lot of incidents where um, citizens are getting killed by the police or they're having like, you know, the same kind of things that are happening here in America that people are no. debating and discussing? Do you guys no. have those same level of incidents? There? No, no, because you see, it's like they always have some kind of intense, intense training every single month until i guess they retire or whatever the case is and even so if something came across where they have to um be in a situation like george floyd um the police commissioner is a very serious man and he will not he will not let that pass he will deal with these officers accordingly and he will make sure that whoever ever ever happen again so maybe because i'm libertarian my viewpoints against mm-hmm. the state and the police are so strong mm-hmm. but I know yeah. a lot of people aren't going to agree with me but i don't think we mm-hmm. need the police i would mm-hmm. argue that um no nah, i won't say that real i mean what about like um domestic violence and rape and robbery and whatever and you need to call the police do the police Who would stop you call? those things? Do the police stop those things from happening? Well, um, well, you see, if they get there quick enough, you see the difference Well, that's it. Yeah. Well, I was not gonna say that. Well, I was not gonna say that because remember, United States is like fifty times bigger than the the country I am living in, right? So I don't know how things go there. Like, if you call a cop and you get robbed, I don't know if how long they're going to take, but down here, the country is so small. I mean, at times that they take forever, but most of the time, if you call, they would come. They would come as soon you, as but possible. But you were already robbed. You were already robbed. For the I know, but robbed. they're going to, yeah, but eventually if you have a description or a number plate or something like that, they would, um, they would eventually track them down and hold them most of the time. Most of the time. I'm not saying like every call they get, they're going to hold the rapist or hold the bandit or hold the robber or whatever. You know? So in the United and States. Even... Mm-hmm. Go ahead, I'll let you finish. Right. Um, and another thing to remember in the States, things are different. I think you all could just walk in a gun shop and just buy a gun. We can't do that. Right? If police well, stop you, you want to see how a gun. That's a fallacy. That's a fallacy. That's a fallacy. 
You gotta have permits. True. You gotta do through training. You gotta have all the proper really? licenses. Really? Because you gotta have a background okay. check. Well, I just go and buy what I heard. It depends. Wait, it, it depends on the state, and AK. Some states, yes. Right, yeah, but that's what I'm some saying. Some states, yeah, you do have to have that. Right. But in the state that I live in, you just have to have a general background check if you want to have a right. license. To right, but, right, and you see that's but, different. But that helps us switch. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Why should right. I be able to protect myself? All right, well, you see, well, the reason why I say we don't need police is because you're thinking that we could protect ourselves, but that by you, right? But by us, yeah, not everybody um, can. My in order, yeah, can. yeah, and well, even well, so, on, well, let's just say, it... okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, let's just say you have something small, let's just like a brass knuckle or something. It's not like a knife or something. They will charge you, they will charge you, and what you're going to tell them, well, officer, I have it in case, in case I get robbed or whatever. <laughs> they want to hear that? Yeah, I mean... You know? Yeah, I am And another that. thing, yeah, <laughs> no, that that's the worst thing you could tell a police. <laughs> Don't care. Well, Don't no, I mean, you got to understand that you yeah. like you shouldn't depend on anybody else to protect you. You should protect yourself. Yes. You're responsible I for yourself totally, as a human being. Yes, I totally agree. But I guess we we don't live in that kind of freedom thingy, whatever you call that. But um, down here, if it is you have to get a a, a gun license, well, you have to do up like a letter and send it to the police commissioner thingy, and then that's gonna take years. Yes, yes. And on top of that, you're not going to get it unless, I think I explained this to AK already. The only way you're going to get a, a, a permit is if, it is if you have a business. If you have a business or you have like a huge estate with like animals or whatever and you need to protect it. Or you have like a restaurant or a salon or a club or something. Other than that, you cannot get a permit. Yeah, that's how it is down here. You can't get that. Because if, if you could have well, get here, it, I would have gone for proud. one already. Yeah. I'm, up here, I'm very proud. In my state of Georgia is where I stay. My car is yeah. considered my home. And if I want to have a, a gun in there, there's no questions asked. Long as I have you, a few guns. I have a AK-47. I have an AR-15 with a full auto. I have a Glock Why? 17, and I have a six-shot revolver, forty-five caliber. I keep those because if something goes to shit, I've got something to defend myself with, and I can protect my family at all costs. I've got two elderly grandparents that are yeah that are in wheelchairs, and I want to protect them because they can't protect themselves. That's admirable. That's admirable. That's the choice you made. I want to make a point to what I said earlier. In the U.S., 40% of the murders went unsolved in 2017. 40%. That's, that's actually a statistic done by the FBI. If you're killed, there's a 40% chance your murder will go unsolved. So that's what I'm saying. Do we need the police? If there's a 40% chance well, that my yeah. murder won't get solved, are, are they really? I mean, that's nearing 50%. It's a 50-50 chance I could get killed. The police will do nothing. So, as it stands right now, it's a forty percent chance. Why do we need the police mm -hmm. if one, they're here to investigate crimes, not stop them, mm -hmm. right? And I know you all spoke with situations mm -hmm. where they might be able to stop them, but at the end of the day, the police yeah. only call once a crime has been committed. Yeah, which means the responsibility yeah. to protect anybody is up to yourself. Or they're called before it gets worse. Yeah, before it, well, before it ends um, up with somebody dying. What? Well, yeah, well, yeah, well, Again, well, well I guess. From um, my experience, police exacerbate issues. They do not make them, they're mm -hmm, not good at mm -hmm. de-escalating situations, I mean, from my experience. I mean, it's a good thing that they're there because, for example, um, if we didn't have police and... Let's just say something happened with you and your neighbor, whatever, and they're like harassing you, and you you just say, "Well, I'll call the police or whatever on you," you know. And I would like 
half of them are a little scared, so they will like leave you alone. So I guess like a lot of people use that police thing to like scare people. Just in case. To control people. But the thing is, it's a bullying technique. What you just talked about is a bullying yeah, technique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to be honest, if Remy, that doesn't work though. That generally you, escalates. You need to call the cops. <laughs> that yeah. escalates. But, but when you threaten to that call the cops. That escalates by you. Whenever you threaten to call the police. No, 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 listen. What, yeah. When you generally threaten yeah. to call the police rather than just simply yeah. calling the police, that escalates the situation in many situations. Really? Because then you just literally threaten them. That's a you threat. I'm going to call the cops if you don't leave me alone. Like, you I'm going to get you in trouble. A warning. Yeah, so I'm going to get you in yeah. trouble if that's you don't stop doing what I don't want you to do. So wait, so, okay, that's not, that's not, that's not. So wait, so what could possibly happen if you threaten to call the police on somebody? What could they do? What, how, how exactly? Kill you before they get there. They could kill you before they get there. What if they kill you what? before they get there? Or, or they get them even decide to start hitting you. And tell them that you did it. Yeah, what if they hit themselves and say you did it? I mean, you got to think about like all, all these things can happen and have been happening mm. and have been recorded. You can't I've use the really police as a bullying cops. technique. And I, oh. if it comes down to it, I'm going to protect myself. I'm going to protect my family. I'm not, yeah. not going to use the police unless it's yeah. a dire situation yeah. like somebody's being held hostage or something. Yeah, bro, I ain't got no coins to whisper with Armenia. But, Remy, what you just brought up, threatening to call yes. the police, women yes. use that technique a lot on men. Yes. You yes. know, and that that's we true. can transition that's to that. True. They do that yeah, all the time, true. and that's a yeah. form of abuse. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But, um, I find, like, the term protecting yourself, oh gosh, that could go left and right very fast. Because, for example, right, even so, if I get a permit for my gun down here in Trinidad, right, and I have a business, I have a restaurant or something, and let's just say some bandits come in to rob me or whatever, and they start shooting, and I shoot back, and I kill all of them, right, you know they're going to hold me for question, like, to investigate everything, and I would be kinda in trouble. Even so if you have a, a permit, they're gonna be on you. I mean, here if you shoot anybody, you will have to go and explain what happened. You're not yeah. gonna just be even a, if it yeah, was a you standing can't, ground. Yeah, even yeah, if it was a standing you even ground. Self, yeah, you can't just kill somebody, somebody because they have a permit. Oh my gosh. I've had and, to kill somebody yeah, before. It was, it was and I'm not advocating I'm not advocating for people running around murdering people. What no. I am saying, what I am advocating for is everybody have the ability to protect themselves. And if you don't, then that's you practicing your own irresponsibility. Yeah. That's a choice you actively made to say, I'm not going to do everything yeah. to do to protect myself. And I feel yeah. that's why we need the police, because there's just a portion of the population that just will not protect themselves for whatever reason possible they may yeah. not be able to protect can. themselves either like women like women exactly they may not be able to protect themselves like women can generally protect themselves but not when it comes against men in most cases you know just to be honest yeah, so it's nice to have like even what if somebody if, breaks into even an elderly if, person's house even if the police can't prevent the crime they do deter a certain amount of the crime and of the ones they can't prevent they at least give you a chance to get some kind of justice or revenge or however you want to look at it against the person that committed said crime they may not catch everybody but if they were completely gone your chances would be zero and you would be doing it on your own wild west stuff out there trying to figure out what happened and bring them to justice or in your own way that would then force us to be the judge everything would get handled in the street and and the perfect example is mob the justice wild, is the, not the, good justice in the united states yeah look at the west oh, well, that's not necessarily that mob justice law. Mob justice is something else. What I'm saying is if some, what I generally, the rule I follow is the non-aggression principle. I will not exert mm -hmm. an act of aggression towards somebody else unless they enact an, an act of aggression towards me, right? And that means by denying me any freedom that I was given to me by birthright, by my birth. And some people say, mm -hmm. by God, you know, I don't want to get in religious mm -hmm. here, but you were mm -hmm. born with a certain amount of rights. And yeah. if anybody's denying you of those rights, you have the right to protect yourself. That's what it comes down to. And you have the right to stop them from denying you those freedoms. 
Um, mm-hmm. And so that's the philosophy I live by. I understand everybody doesn't live by that philosophy, but generally that's the best way to go. So if you want to, I understand you all say we need the police for these specific situations, but this brings me back to the beginning of our podcast, family mm-hmm. structure. When you talked about the old people, Brian, and how they should be protected, if we had a tighter family structure, and I'm not specifically trying to attack you or come at you, so I don't want you to feel that way. Yeah. But if we had a tighter family structure in this country where the grandparents stay at home, you take care of your parents till they die in your house, you feel me? These type of things yeah. are done. There's a mother and father. There's a structure to everything. We, would, we wouldn't have to worry about those things. You see what I'm saying? Because Wait, so that don't happen? We We're building up a new generation. Remy America it does, is, uh, but it really depends our households on what's are not. Ha- it really depends on Like I've, I took care oh. of my dad before he died. I flew down to Australia and I took care of him until he died. Oh, because down here yeah, it's like that. It's, down here, you take care of your parents and your grandparents until they die. Well, unless they have like a, a serious illness and they have to go to the hospital yeah. and then they end up dying in the hospital. If they have to go to hospice. You always have but that. But they have at home yeah you, always, yeah, you always have that burden. I'm not sure if I use any correct term here, but you always have that burden where you always, always, no matter what, you always have to end up like um, seeing about your family well eventually you will get your own family and get married and have kids or whatever but you will still always have to see about your parents like always it always ends up like that well down here well, so, so let, me, yeah. let me give you all a stick statistic from 1960 to 2015 we have gone from yeah. 87.7% of the country being in a standard normal two parent household to 62% mm. yeah and I'm one of those people. I didn't, my parents didn't raise me except for the first few years of my life. And that was just my mom. Right. So that's on the I was raised by my grandparents for most of the time in my life. And, and, and I still live parent, with them. And single parent households are on the rise, right? Up from 8% to 23%. So yeah. if that's the case, and we're moving toward that type of, if that's the spin we're having. And, you know, that kind of also correlates with the feminist movement, but I'm not going to go there right now. We, we left that topic alone. If that's the case, yeah. as far as protecting people who can't protect themselves, I mean, it's our fault we can't do that, right? Because we're moving away from a structure that allowed for that to exist, right? Mm-hmm. We're moving away from it. And if you yeah. want to continue moving away from that, that's your choice. But until that stops, yeah. right, we, we're getting anarchy. We're getting complete anarchy and not the kind that's anarchist against government. We're talking about chaos. And, um, and, and, and we need to do something about that. Because a lot of the issues that you're talking about, why we can't have this, why we can't have that, or why we need more police, we're inviting more government into our lives we're consistently. And we're making excuses to invite more government in our lives. When you talk about COVID-19, Brian, you said it was, I think, what did you say? I can't remember who said it. It was a way for them to convince us to give up more power, right? And I worked for the government, dude. Oh, yeah. No, I, I, mean, I respect that. I'm, oh, you can't say that. I got you. But AK said that. But uh, we're moving to an environment where we're becoming more and more dependent on government. I'm pretty sure yeah. if I put this graph yeah. of two-parent households up against two government control, they'll be going in opposite directions. <laughs> and um, and, and that's... I think the two go hand in hand. You know, um, we need to do something about that, and we need to get our freedoms back. And we need to bring each other together, and we need to focus on what issues with that we feel are really, really big right now. We don't need the government to come tell I, us I to to. We don't need the government to tell us what to do. What we need to do is focus on our own issues and try to help each other out. And I know that sounds like socialism, but I'm trying to go mm-hmm. off y'all's points. But well, basically, we don't own anything. <laughs> Everything we have, we we pay we for. And it's for... No, we don't really own any, anything. We don't own anything. Because we have, we have to pay insurance and this and that. And then the land we have to pay for. And then there's house. And then we have to 
Well, I'm not sure how the water bill or what that goes by y'all, but everything, if you look at it, everything that you use and everything that you do on a daily basis, you have to pay for it. There's nothing free. Like it may seem free, but it's not. Everything is owned by the government. Everything. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. And I feel like we're approaching everything you own is your clothes. I feel feel like. Well, the government can always come and take anything that you have if, you, if they have a reason. Yeah. But the thing is, like, here, how we, here's how we look at it. And in our country, at least, this might be different for you, Remy, but we have m- yeah. many different kinds of government here in the United States. But I feel yeah. we spend too much time focusing on the federal government here in the United States rather mm. than our local government, city, state. We don't focus on state or county, county government. Because, because city, state, county-level government, that affects us infinitely more directly than than the federal government federal. does like that's loosely hanging out there and everything that's happening in the federal government the things that they do that really marginally help us but like kind of help that like bring us down a little bit are entitlements like they give us like you know yeah. social security they give us food stamps exactly. and all these other programs exactly. that but where's yeah. this money coming from they're, they're taking money from us so that they can fund these programs you see what but we, if we take that away and keep the money in the states and focus on our local politics, then I feel that would genuinely solve the problem. The issue is like people in Georgia and California are completely different. In Georgia, we're more conservative, even here, even as black people, we're more conservative than people in California. They're very liberal, but they want to come and tell us about how horrible our lives are, how everybody's treating us bad. And but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, well. I don't think it's that bad for me. I learned how not to do certain things, and my life is great. But for some black yeah. people, they haven't learned that, and their life is bad. Like, you can't this is true. bring all of our ideas together as a country because we're too many people, it's too diverse, and I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. Yeah. We, should, we still need the federal yeah. government, but I feel like it should be weaker overall. Because like that's where all this massive oversight keeps coming coming down to the state level, heavy handed like, us and uh, forcing us into different things because people vote for certain things, politically speaking, every couple of years, election years and everything. And that forces and it causes ripples and waves and it kind of keeps people stagnant because everybody's waiting on, yeah. on the handout. But we can't trust the politicians. They're never there long enough to make effective Politicians change. always lie. They're never, they're never truthful. Enough. They're never truthful. But they're, Ever. They're, but they're genuinely not there long enough to even make a change if they wanted to. Well, that's yeah. a congressman. But then they're that's one of 500. Still exactly. Yeah. And but we'll, we'll I, I worked for the county government. Uh, so I was part of Moore County EMS. So I, was, I did have a large salary. I had a 401k. And I get paid retirement every month from them because I did get injured on the job. That's why I had to quit. And... Oh. And wanna, if I didn't I, have I, that money, second, hold on one second. I want to end on AK's point because we're gonna. I mean, we're gonna still be in this live. But I just want to take a break from the podcasting format of it. Yeah, um, that's fine. I, yeah, we'll take a break. I need we'll to take get a break. Drink. <laughs> some other stuff. I will so, stop recording right now on my end. Well, you can on, keep yours on. going though. But I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna stop mine too. But before we end, um, Brian, do you want to give out your social media information? We appreciate uh, yeah, you yeah. can follow me on Instagram at Cannibal Corpse Camaro SS. And right. uh, what about you, Remy? Yeah, it's Remy underscore D D E underscore Gil G A L E. Okay, and as always, this is the first time, but definitely not the last. It's AK and Black Libertarian coming to you in our podcast. AK, you want to give out your own social media stuff or you going to hide? Um, I currently don't have any social media set up. This is the first um, <laughs> podcast that we're doing. But the, for the next show, I would definitely have one set up so that we can give it out and everybody can follow. <laughs> if you specifically want to follow me, you can follow the Black Libertarian 2 on, um, on Instagram. Um, on Twitter. Um, and it's the Black Libertarian on Instagram if you want to follow me there. Okay, yeah, I'll follow you on Instagram. I don't have Twitter. At all. Yeah. Uh, but Absol- we want to thank y'all for coming to Absolutely. our podcast. Uh, anything you want to say before we close out this specific session, Anchor? Yes. Y'all um, be safe. My closing. You move over for those emergency vehicles. You hear? We don't want to see no more accidents.
And my closing thoughts are like, instead of just arguing with somebody, you know, instead of just going back and forth and getting heated and shoving your ideas down your, their throat, why don't you listen to them? They might have something you can learn from. And if we do yeah. more of that, we'll need our government. We'll need our government less. We'll need the police less. We'll have less understand misunderstandings and issues if we could just treat people like the way you want to be treated, like the old Robin proverb. That's all I got. Oh, Anything you'd like to say before we go, Remy? Um. No, no, really. We'll um, we'll continue in your next um in your next um. Podcast. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Well, thank you everybody again for sticking with us through this podcast. We're gonna hang out here for a little bit, and and anybody in the future, you should all consider downloading this app called Cuddle. It's fun. You can come in here and hang out and just shoot the shit with us and talk and share ideas. Go back. And yes, forth. it's a you very fun app. Here, <laughs> get on here and look around and up. But I do want to thank everyone for listening. Like, comment, subscribe. TabooTruthPodcast.com. Come join the conversation. The truth is taboo.